Hi ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at vab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Well, ladies, since I only covered three chapters yesterday, I have a mad dash to finish book one today. So I will do just a brief overview of these psalms and point out a couple of things, but I truly hope you are prayerfully reading them. One thing I want to clarify as we start today is that there are various types of psalms, such as wisdom, thanksgiving, messianic, lament, Praise, imprecatory, which means God get my enemies, confidence in God, not in self, celebration, penitent, which means confession of sin, and different theologians might have different wordings, but truly it is not easy to clearly mark a psalm as one particular type because most of the psalms have a mixture of these emotions in them. As you read through the Psalms, think about what type of Psalm you think it is. In my Psalms class, we went through and marked each one in our Bibles, but many times I couldn't settle on just one. So today with my review, I'll give you a basic description, but many I am still not sure about. Okay, we got to get started here. Psalm 25 is an acrostic. Each verse begins with a letter of the Hebrew poetry. Two are left out, two letters are left out, and the last verse, number 22, stands outside of the acrostic. Another thing to notice is the pronoun usage. Verses 1 through 7, David is talking to God, and he says, You, in reference to God. And then in verses 8 through 10, David is talking to people about God. And now he uses the word he in reference to God. Then verse 11 is a prayer to God. We see you again. And then verses 12 through 15, David again is speaking to people about God. And then the last seven verses is a prayer back to God. This is basically a wisdom psalm. As Dr. Yule said, when David cries for help, He never forgets God is for him. Psalm 26 is basically a psalm of wisdom. I have labeled Psalm 27 as praise with a question mark. It could be confidence or even wisdom. One verse I love in this chapter is verse 10. When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up especially in these days in which we live, so many kids feel forsaken by their parents. But it's good to know that God is faithful, even when our parents are not, and God's faithfulness will last. Psalm 28 is possibly imprecatory or maybe confidence. And then Psalm 29 is clearly praise. Verse 1 and 2 is an introductory strophe or phrase. And then verses 3 through 9 emphasize the voice of the Lord. Then verses 10 and 11 end the Psalms with the Lord as king. So far, all of these Psalms are of David. Then Psalm 30 says that this is a Psalm of David. It is a song at the dedication of the house. 
Now remember, God didn't allow David to build the temple because he was a man of war with blood on his hands. So maybe this was a song for the tabernacle, or maybe he wrote it for Solomon when the temple was dedicated. This is a beautiful psalm, and we see that David reasons with God in his prayer. One thing W. Robert Godfrey said in his book, Learning to Love the Psalms, Reasoning with God forces us to think through why we are making our request to God. Are our requests just selfish or are they really for the glory of God as well as for our good? God has promised to hear our prayers and to answer them, to extend his kingdom. So we must pray with the good of his kingdom as our first concern. Just a note, I'm not really good at this yet. All right, Psalm 31 has some lament and some imprecatory, and it ends with confidence in the Lord. Verse 5a of this psalm says, Into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus said this while hanging on the cross, and it's recorded in Luke chapter 23, verse 46. Most of this psalm is a prayer until the last two verses, and then David talks to the godly ones to love the Lord, to be strong, to take courage, and to hope in the Lord. David's Psalm number 32 is penitent and possibly wisdom. Even though he talks of sin and his body aching because of his sin, this psalm begins and ends with praise. Verse 1, How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. And verse 11, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. Psalm 33 is an anonymous psalm. It is a praise psalm, and it stresses the creation which the Lord has made. Psalm 34 is a psalm of David. And he wrote it after he pretended to be insane in order to escape from King Achish, the king of Gath. This was the beginning of David's running for his life from King Saul, the king of Israel. This is found in 1 Samuel chapter 21. This may be a wisdom or a thanksgiving hymn. A couple things to point out is verses 12 through 16. The apostle Peter quotes this, and it's found in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. And Peter writes it to encourage his readers to godly living. Also, verse 20 of Psalm 34 says, He keeps all his bones, and not one of them is broken. This again is in reference to Jesus on the cross and how they did not break his legs. That is found in John chapter 19 verses 31 through 34. The last verse of Psalm 34 says, The Lord redeems the soul of his servants and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Dr. Yule in my Psalms class said, We are in Christ like a bunker like at war. He is our protection. Psalm 35 is a psalm of imprecatory, that God will get those who are against King David. Again, we see the question, how long, Lord? That's verse 17. 
even though David is in agony, he says in the last verse, and my tongue shall declare your righteousness and your praise all day long. He knows that God will take care of it. With Psalm 36, David is described as a servant of the Lord. This psalm of wisdom compares the ungodly and their ways to the ways of God. This psalm ends with the doers of iniquity fall down and they cannot rise again. David also wrote Psalm 37. It is a wisdom psalm and it is written as an acrostic with the Hebrew alphabet. But that poetic format is lost in the translation. But the words of this psalm are beautiful. Even as a youth, I loved especially verses 3 through 6. And these are great verses to memorize. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Especially verse 4 I love, Delight thyself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. There has been great discussion on if that means that God will give you what you want or if he will give you the desires in order for you to want what he wants for you to want. The plus, if God gives you your desires, then he will definitely fulfill them in your life, like this passage says. Somewhere around 16 years old, I began to pray for a godly husband. I also wanted an heirloom for a wedding ring, and I wanted to have twin boys because my dad was an identical twin. I prayed that prayer for a godly man to marry, and I called him Paul in my mind, like the Apostle Paul. Well, nine years later, I met John, my hubby-to-be. When trying to figure out if this was the one, I talked to my pastor but when John asked me if it would be okay for us to use Grandma Callio's diamond for our engagement ring, I knew he was the one. We got married, and then three months into our marriage, I got pregnant. And one day, I got up off of the bed, and God said to me in a very clear voice, You have delighted yourself in the Lord, and I gave you a godly husband. I gave you an heirloom for a ring. And now you have twin boys. And I remember sitting back down on the bed and I said to myself, what was that? Well, I just sort of waited. I'd asked the doctors if we could be having twins. And the doctor said, there's no way you're having twins. Until finally our seventh month, they decided to do a sonogram thinking that my due date was off. The lady who did the sonogram said, well, here's the spinal cord and here's the other spinal cord. I knew instantly that they were boys and identical. Tears came down my cheeks at the faithfulness of God. He did it. What desires are in your heart? Ask the Lord to give you his desires for your life and then let's eagerly watch what he will do. 
Psalm 38 is either a lament or a penitent psalm or both. This psalm is said to be a memorial. I wonder if this is after Bathsheba's first son died, but it doesn't say. And the truth is, King David had a lot of sorrow in his life, and he mourned many of his son's death. Absalom, one of King David's son, killed the oldest brother, and Absalom was killed by trying to take over the kingdom. But in this psalm, we see David confesses his sin, and we see that his body and his bones are aching because of his sin. He is full of anxiety because of his sin. I know my stomach just churns when I have known sin in my life and I know God wants me to do something about it. Stress also can cause great pain in our bodies and it can be stress from other people or sin from other people that can also affect us and our lives. But we also know that sickness is not necessarily brought about by sin because we have studied that in the book of Job. One of the best things to do when we are in pain and our body is aching is to pray and ask God, what is he trying to show me in this pain? Do I have sin that I should confess? Is there something I need to do to get right with you, Lord, or to get right with other people? Or is this a case of my grace is sufficient for you, as God said to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. Paul prayed for the Lord to take away his thorn in the flesh, but God said no, and he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in your weakness. With Psalm 38, this lament does not end with praise, but a prayer. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. David knows who to cry out to. Psalm 39 is a wisdom or a lament psalm. And in verse 4, David asks God to help him to know his end and the number of his days. It may be so that he can see the end in sight of this difficult time. My dad used to say, this too shall pass. And that drove me nuts. It sounded so cliche, but it is true. And when we know the end is in sight, like the end of school for the summer, we can make it just 15 more days and that countdown begins. When we know that there's an end in sight, we can have hope. David's Psalm 40 is either an imprecatory or a wisdom song or both. Verses six through eight, the writer of Hebrews quotes, with regards to Jesus in Hebrews 10 verses 5 through 10 in the New Testament. What he says is that that first covenant with sacrifices was taken away in order to establish the second covenant by which we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And then when Jesus comes into our life, the law of God is now inside our hearts and we become more like him day by day. Then our last psalm of book one is a psalm of David. It starts with the blessings of God. David then asks for healing of his soul because he sinned against the Lord. 
there is a bit of imprecatory about David's enemies. And then verse 9 says, Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. In the Gospel of John, chapter 13, we see Jesus and his disciples at the supper before he is arrested. Who did Jesus dip the bread and give it to? Who ate that bread? It was Judas. And then in verse 27, it says that Satan entered into Judas. And then do you remember the promise that God made to the serpent in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15? And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. He lifted up his heel against me. Interesting that that heel is going to be bruised by the Lord Jesus. Now, one thing that John the Apostle does say in chapter 13 is that Jesus knew from the beginning who would betray him. But we do see in the garden when Judas comes, Jesus says, friend, do what you have come for. Ladies, Jesus has hurt, truthfully, more than you and I have hurt, for he took the sin of the world upon his shoulders. And because Jesus overcame, so can we. We can have confidence in the Lord, which is what book one is all about, because it is done. Woohoo! Psalm 41 ends, as well as book number one, as well as every book of the Psalms, they all end with a praise. Verse 13 of Psalm 41. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. So be it. So ladies, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Instead, let's be women of prayer and praise as we obey the Lord Jesus. Until next time, and thank you so much for listening.